Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm joined by Connor. Hey. And Michael. Hello. And uh, something pretty big happened between the last episode and this one. Microsoft just came out, Phil Spencer more specifically, came out and gave us detailed specs on the Xbox Series X. Whereas before we just kind of had, you know, rumors and, you know, intelligent estimates. But now it's all laid bare. Uh, We do, in in fact, have 12 teraflops of uh, GPU power, uh, variable rate shading, hardware accelerated, DirectX ray tracing, uh, smart delivery, which is a fancy term for something quite simple, actually, and we'll get into that a little later. But I don't know. Have you guys uh, seen the specs yet, and what do you guys think of them? 12 teraflops is ridiculous. I mean, the it's literal, disgusting. like, the best graphics card you can buy right now, the 2080 Ti, is 13.4. So that's just barely more. Yeah. My video card that I use that runs pretty much every every game I buy on Ultra, a 1070, is like 6. And six six and a half, I think. So this is going to be twice as powerful as that. I don't understand how they're doing it. Yeah, I don't either. And especially because... We think this thing's going to be around 500 bucks, which is just insane to me. Like, we're getting essentially a high-end PC when it comes out um, for $500, which is pretty unheard of. And to and to just compare it with uh, the PS4 and Xbox One, when those consoles first released, they were, like, solidly mid-range in terms right. of, you know, if, compared to I the mean, PC They were peers. mid-range, and the hardware was a few years old. Like, Yeah, and, and the CPUs and now were outdated gen- immediately. Yeah, this next gen is looking like it's going to be literally, like... Cutting edge. Just, yeah, just short of cutting edge. Yeah, that's that's really, it's really exciting. For reference, that 2080 Ti, I just looked it up, 13.4 teraflops, just barely more. That's $1,000. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, is is this console going to be $1,000? It can't be. It can't be. It's got to be... It's going to be either four or five hundred dollars, like for now, sure. This, are the are the specs that they announced like are, are they going to start off with a with an X and an S or something like? So, so they've only announced Xbox Series X, but like the assumption is the Series moniker means they're going to have multiple SKUs. And I'm guessing S is that rumored like streaming only box that's also supposed to release alongside the Series X. But I'd you like don't to... you don't suppose that there's like an S that is like eight teraflops and an X that is 12 or something. And the, the X would be a thousand dollars and the S would be considerably I less. Don't think that's what they're going for. I think the S, if it's even going to be called that is going to be their streaming console. And that's rumored to be at around four teraflops, which is an interesting decision because that puts it as weaker than the Xbox one X, I think. So no, but if it's just for streaming, it doesn't matter really. Yeah, but, you know, then we get into the question of Xbox is firmly saying, hey, you can play any Xbox game on any Xbox One game on Xbox Series X and vice versa. So I don't know if they're intentionally sort of limiting themselves out the gate with that promise, but we can get into that. Mike, were you going to say something? Oh, I'd like to add that the uh, Xbox Series X is equivalent to about 1,276 GameCubes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, these companies should just measure in terms of game cubes. Yeah, or blocks. How many blocks uh, can you store on the hard drive? But yeah, like these specs are insane. And just to expand a little more on the smart delivery, so the whole notion with that is that if you buy a game, say for example on Xbox One S, it'll it'll look and play optimized for Xbox One S. But if if you want to play it on your Series X, say you just stick the disc into your Series X, it'll sort of boot up a Series X version of that game. So enhanced graphics, frame rates, what have you. But just the way so they it's phrase it... just like it, a PC. Basically. Yeah, just like a PC. But I don't know if like they intend to take it a step further. Maybe just to have... It's a little crazy, but what if they have developers... create series x versions of games along with like xbox one versions and just have two versions two sort of skews for each game rather than just pumping up the specs that sounds like a lot more dev work but i could i don't think 
I could see that 12 teraflops being used for, again, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I could see that 12 teraflops being used only more than likely in first-party titles. Like, we're not going to see Madden use the full 12 teraflops of Xbox because that's a lot of developer work to yeah, optimize well, I disagree for one system. For, for, for lots of third-party games, I'm guessing we'll just get 4K 60. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I totally disagree 12. because I think, yeah, like 4K 60 would take 12 teraflops. And like, or 1080p 120. They're saying they're going to support 120 frames per right. second. And uh, I hope to God we have the option because I would so much rather have 120 frames per second than 4K. But I'd push uh, 144, honestly. They were saying they're only going to support 120. I can't use my monitor to its full effect. That's a disappointment. No. Well, even 120 is a huge step forward for the console marketplace, where but, like 30 frames per second is the standard. You know. Oh, games they are, are going to su- so smooth. They're going to support variable refresh rates, too, for TVs. Yes. And, like, the televisions even... Is that standard? Like, do many televisions support a variable refresh rate? Only cutting-edge TVs do. So, like, the new LG CX OLED supports VRR. But okay, I was going to say, because I'm like pretty sure mine is feature. only... Yeah. Mine can be 60 or 120. I don't think it can... Yeah, I know that's new, that's still newish in monitors. Like, uh, that's a cool feature, but I don't think many people are going to get to utilize it. Uh, but, yeah, I think... I don't know. I totally disagree about um, it costing development time to utilize 12 teraflops because, like, there's some stuff you can throw in a game pretty quick, like ray-traced lighting and stuff that, like, doesn't really take your developers any time at all. You know, it's just something you add yeah, if you're I, using, like, I, Unity I, or Unreal, and I, it, your game I, looks better. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I, I guess the issue I have with all of this is that when I look at, you know, PlayStation 4 exclusives, right, they look a cut above, you know, their third-party peers. Yeah. And I just don't see that happening with Xbox if they're saying, look, Halo Infinite is going to work on your Xbox One as well. Unless this smart delivery actually means that they're getting their first parties to make multiple, like, essentially they make, you know, Halo Infinite for Xbox One and Halo Infinite for Xbox Series X. Simultaneously. See, I don't, I don't just, see why you'd have to do that. Because if you play, like, if you play uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, for instance, if you play that on a crappy laptop, it looks like a Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> but if you play that on a cutting-edge gaming PC, that game is drop-dead gorgeous. Like, you right, can but just, I'm saying, like, what if, you know, uh, developers make compromises on, like, let's say, assets, you know, like, cities are less detailed and, like, the draw distance is less, etc., you know? But those are all, that, like, you can automatically generate a lower, like, quality mesh. Like, that's how a lot of LOD is done. Like, y- you don't... You, right. It's not like, costing developers. Also, like, they, they can make the high-fidelity version and then tone it back for the Xbox One. I, I don't think that there's any reason to believe that continuing to support the Xbox One is going to hinder anything. Especially since they're not, like... Like, you could... The way I see it, I think you're almost definitely going to be using the same code base. Like, the way they're explaining it, I think it's it's the same SDK, uh, yeah. the same source kit. Like, you're not having to make an entire second game. You're just going to have to turn down some settings to get it to run on an Xbox One, basically. So I'm, I guess really, re- I'm yeah, really glad ahead, that we finally got to the point in consoles where backwards compatibility is less of, oh, we're just going to run an emulator and more, oh, this is just upgraded hardware now. Like, yeah. for generations, it was just, oh, here's a completely new chipset, new hardware, have fun learning to develop for this. In the last two generations, so last gen and the gen coming up, we're like, oh, here's a here's, C, here's computer hardware. You know how to develop for computer hardware. Here's your PC port. Easy to port to consoles. Doesn't take a genius right. to do it anymore. Unless you're on Switch. Unless you're on Switch. But then again, um, Switch I just just wanted Android to, hardware. I just wanted yeah. to mention... Not, it's not necessarily, I think, that uh, Xbox One is going to, or Xbox Series X, uh, what did you say, Connor? Xbox Series X is going to... Uh, I think they're going to make a high-fidelity Xbox Series X game. Like, they're going to use it to its fullest potential, and, and then they're going to tone... Down. Yeah, right. scale down. Because that's how, I mean, that's how Battlefield, which is one of the most beautiful, like, shooters on the market, like, that's how they've always done it. They've always right. focused on their PC version first. But yeah. what I'm what I'm kind of wary of is that does that inherently limit the potential of Xbox Series X? I don't understand how it would. 
Well, like certain games like, you know, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, they're definitely making use of that beefed up CPU uh, for a lot of just their core game design in that game. And if Xbox, you know, one, which doesn't have that, the game might fundamentally play differently. Uh, Honestly, that's sort of what I'm getting at. These consoles being powerful is going to be really good for the PC space because now we're not going to have to rely on like this really bad console port because they can just develop for PC first. I mean, and then port the, it down. What's the CPU difference? Like how? What's the CPU on the? the uh... So let me pull up the exact CPU, but the CPU is actually like the biggest upgrade out of all of the hardware components for these new uh, next gen consoles. Hmm. Um, because you know, most like games so before are not... they use like the Xbox One and PS4 use like a super outdated like Jaguar CPU processor. Yeah, and, I mean the vast majority of games are not CPU limited. Like, but the whole idea is developers are really touting these new CPUs, saying that they expand. They're so much more powerful that they will literally, uh, their visions are more easily realized, and it'll allow for crazy things to be developed that weren't really possible before. So it's a custom AMD Zen 2 based CPU. Eight cores, three point six gigahertz. The RAM, the RAM's sixteen gigabytes, which is going to be sixteen twenty. Iffy. That's, I yeah, think that's more funny. than my PC has. It's about the same that I have in mine right now. I just doubled mine. I, I never think. run out of RAM's never been an issue for me. I think I have twelve. But um, I 4K, oh, it can output eight K or four K at one hundred twenty hertz. Really? Allegedly, huh. according to these specs. Uh, 4K at 120 hertz is kind of tough for me to believe, but we'll see, I guess. What were you going to say? I mean, maybe for older games, but, um, I mean, that's because they said they were working with the HDMI spec, which I don't know. I don't know if TVs are going to be able to accept that because mine can't, I don't think. So yeah, newer, like again, cutting edge TVs are being spec'd uh, to work with HDMI 2.1. So I don't know. I guess if you're... Going all in on next gen now is as good as time as any to get a TV because a lot of these TVs will have these f- like sort of future proof technologies like HDMI 2.1 and BRR. Yeah, I, I would wait because those prices are going to come down yeah, soon after sure. the consoles come out. Yeah, as a consumer advocate, but um, I think that they'll do the smart thing and they will make a good game first. For the Series X, they'll make the best game that they can, and they will make what compromises they have to on the Xbox One. See, but I don't but want I, there to be compromises. Look, well, no. Uh, I mean, the Xbox One, like, they won't make compromises on the Series X version. Like, they'll they'll have to tone stuff down and t- turn stuff off when it's running on an Xbox One. They'll have to. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think that that's going to compromise the Series X version. I don't think anybody... I mean, Microsoft's not that blind, you know, people no, want, if Microsoft people are going to buy their, smart. but yeah, you know, like where the, the one thing Microsoft doesn't have compared to their competitor is their first party output. Right. And Sony's first party, you know, is developed for one console with one target in mind. And that allows them to use the hardware to its fullest potential. I'm just wondering if Xbox can combat that with their current strategy. But I guess it's- I, I think they'll be able to. But you're right. That, I mean, they're not they're not really primed to, you know, they. Uh, yeah, but it but almost seems they're like- also looking like they're going to have a considerably stronger uh, piece of hardware. Rumors are putting the PS5 at like nine point two teraflops. Yeah, yeah but, but I can't, well, you know, can't say that for yeah, sure. But- we don't we don't know the PS5 specs for sure, but I'd be very surprised if it was stronger than the Xbox at this point. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm. This is kind of crazy, but I just learned Rainbow Six Siege, which was the game that was released five years ago, is getting a port to the next generation of consoles. Which so, is interesting because it doesn't need to because it's going to be well, backwards yeah. compatible. Let's uh, let's that that's actually a good segue into what smart delivery will do, right? So according to Xbox, with smart delivery, you should just be able to, you know, stick your Rainbow Six Siege disc or your digital, uh, turn on your digital copy or whatever. Of Rainbow Six Siege, and it will be the you know upgraded and or remastered version of Rainbow Six Siege. CD Projekt Red came out and said, "Hey, if you buy Cyberpunk 2077 
for Xbox One, you will get the fully upgraded, remastered, whatever version, the uh, Xbox Series X version, for free uh, through Smart Delivery. So I think this is a really... It's almost obvious, right? Like, of course we should be able to do this, but with how remaster and remake heavy this generation was, consumers are kind of conditioned to, you know, pay multiple times for the same game with slightly better graphics. But this is Microsoft coming out in an extremely pro-consumer move and saying, hey, you don't have to do that anymore. And it really makes me think, like, how is Sony going to respond to this? Because I imagine my gut tells me they weren't very happy when Microsoft did this because I think Sony's perfectly content asking its consumers to pay multiple times for remasters and such. Right. Um, and we got I got to wonder how much the fact that I mean, everybody has a PS4 now. Far more people have a PS4 than an Xbox One. Yeah. I gotta wonder how much that'll carry into the next gen, because, like, I mean, I think everybody is more nostalgic for the Xbox 360 than the PS3, looking back at that generation. And so I don't know that the PS4 is going to have the level of brand loyalty that would beat Xbox. In my mind right now, Xbox is gearing up to strong win the next generation. Like, between Game Pass and these specs... I'm thinking about buying one, and I don't, you know. So here's the crazy thing, you know, like, because of Sony's continued silence and Xbox just, you know, constantly dropping bombshells, it feels like Xbox is sort of in a controlling position right now. But it's it's tough, right? Because, like, obviously the numbers, which are king, tell a completely different story of, you know, the PlayStation 4 outselling the Xbox more than two to one at this point. But... It it makes me wonder, like, why – I feel like Sony should have responded by now. They need to say something at this point. And the, I'm, the only thing that they could say that would change my mind at all, like, that would sway me to buy a PS5 over an Xbox Series X would be a Game Pass-like service that has all of their first parties in it. See, I don't think they'll ever do that because their first parties are their, their core strength, just – selling you know millions tens of millions of copies are those are how they make their 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 big bucks along with you know of course playstation plus but i game pass has just brought me so many and again i don't have a ton of reason to buy a series x because like all of their games are coming to pc yeah so you know like but I'm still thinking about it just because that hardware is so attractive and i love game pass so much like i've played so many games because of game pass that I would not have otherwise played. Yeah, and, you know, Sony does have a competitor with PlayStation now, but it's not as fleshed out as Game Pass is. I no, imagine. I mean, I would go as be... far as to saying it's not good, even. Like, I, I why, had why PlayStation not? now for a bit, and I just, I don't know. At the time I had it, you couldn't download games. You can now. Yeah, I know you can now, but they took Bloodborne off of it, which was the only reason I got it. Yeah. Like, it's just not a very good service. They They don't give you nearly as much as Game Pass does. And they also don't market it hardly at all, whereas Game Pass is like, I hear about it constantly. Yeah, Xbox is really, or Microsoft is positioning Game Pass to be like the core, you know, flagship consumer feature uh, next generation. I mean, it it really is the Netflix of games. Like, me and my friends talk about games on Game Pass the way we talk about Netflix shows. We're like, oh, you know, this is on there. Have you checked it out yet? And my buddy will be like, no, I'll download that tonight and check it out. Like, yeah. it, as it turns out, streaming wasn't the missing component, really. Like, we're, we're fine to download a game. You know, we can download it while we're at work or something and then come home and have a new game to play. Yeah. That's very cool. And I, I think that more than any technical feat is gear, you know, could could win them the next gen. Yeah, I mean, it's there's certainly no better deal right now in gaming than Game Pass. And I think it's obvious Sony's going to have a response for PS5. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here doubting, you know, like saying, what is Sony doing? Do they even have an answer for Microsoft? And I might just eat my words, you know, in six months when Sony reveals PlayStation 5 and everything's, you know, dandy. But for now, at least, they continue to stay quiet while Microsoft's being extremely aggressive. And, you know, they should be. You know, they're trying to uh, essentially take the throne from Sony next generation. Um, Yeah, see, I'm just hesitant, like, I don't know. I, and this might sound crazy, and I'm not, I'm not on either side, really, of a console war. But 
when Xbox makes a claim about their specs, I believe it. When PlayStation makes a claim about their specs, I'm dubious because they've done stuff like claimed that the architecture on the PS3 made it twice as powerful as it really was. And like to this day, nobody's really sure if that was ever true because none of the developers ever figured it out except maybe Naughty Dog. Yeah, well, Naughty Dog made a good case for it being as, you know, extremely powerful because nothing looked as good as Uncharted 2 and 3, that generation, and The Last of Us. Yeah. But, yeah, nobody other than them figured it out, including any other first-party developer for PlayStation. So, like, I don't know. I. But see, the thing is, PS3-era Sony and PS4-era Sony are completely different companies in my mind. They've changed so much since then. Remember, they tried to sell you you a PlayStation 3 – for $600, and they told people that if you can't afford it, just get another job? Like, yeah. could you I imagine if someone did that today? One game. Yeah. <laughs> in the era of social media, that company would be eviscerated if they yeah. tried to pull something like that today, you know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, of course, we might be about to see Xbox try to sell a $600 console with these specs. I mean, yeah, that's the, that's yeah, the question, no, that's... isn't it? Like, I just don't understand. I mean, Microsoft's obviously the biggest, one of the biggest companies in the world, extremely rich. They can absolutely afford to sell this console at a loss. But with these specs, like, I can't, like, if they ask for, you know, $800, I don't think that's outrageous. But yeah, for those specs, they, they no, that's not outrageous won't. at all. I mean, because the graphics you know, card alone is worth more than that, probably. Like, which, honestly, I know I'm playing kind of like anti-consumer here people shell out a thousand plus dollars for smartphones every year um obviously a smartphone has a lot more utility than a console but but i use my pc and consoles a lot more than i use my smartphone right well i I feel like we're the exception but what what i'm getting at is like 2013 and 2020 are two very different eras where i feel like people might be more comfortable paying more for a console than they were back then, you know? Gaming is bigger, but I don't know. Yeah, I just... I, it'd be a you, dangerous move, because that would be really opening the door. Yeah. And I just don't see it. Well, maybe. If, if you ask you me, know what I, I would say... Doing? I would say this console is going to be $500, and they're just going to sell it at a loss, but yeah, go ahead. I, I could see them selling an $800 console and giving you a year or two years of Game Pass with it. Honestly. Uh, but they're still not really making money there, are they? Like, because they're having to pay those developers. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's a conundrum. Yeah. I think what they're going to do. So, this is my prediction for the next several months, and we'll see how it holds. I think they're going to announce the price for $500 and do an insane push for Game Pass. Just get everyone on Game Pass and then mm-hmm. just, you know, have those users locked in and ready yeah. to go. For the generation, so they have a strong start. You I know, think. I mean, I think that's we're Microsoft's looking at these prices. Strategy. It's supposed to come out this holiday season. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't, because I don't think you know we're talking about graphics cards at the cost they are now, and a year can make a huge difference. But I just don't see it. Yeah. Something the power of the 2080 Ti. Is it? Is it an AMD card or is it an Nvidia? In the AMD. Uh, it's AMD. AMD. Oh, okay. Well, I should probably be looking at an AMD card to compare it to because Nvidia charges. A premium for their name but i do think it's 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 interesting i know this segment's about microsoft but i can't help but compare them to sony because it's fascinating just comparing and contrasting their strategies microsoft's going to push hard for game pass and sell it for probably 500 dollars. and sony i think they'll come up with some sort of counter to game pass but it won't be as good as game pass but i think as they always do what they're going to try and sell the consumer on is just hey we have the best games and it's it's to be seen like their first parties are all very quiet right now uh and some of the games we know about some of them we don't um so really sort of anything goes for the launch lineup of the ps5 if the ps5 launch lineup is weak like playstation's launch lineup is historically then i think then they're going to be off to a very bad start uh, at the start of the generation, because Microsoft is clearly firing on all cylinders at the start. Yeah, and they're going to have their entire Xbox One catalog, many of which are better now. Like, and, you know, well, getting 
and Xbox 360 catalog and Xbox catalog. They're doing all generations backwards compatibility. Yeah. You know what I want? I mean, that that original Xbox, that's got to be an emulator, right? Like, they're not porting those games. No, 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 they can't be. I, I got to wonder if they're ever going to add that as something you can get on a Windows 10 machine. Because I, I would love to go back and play some of those original Xbox games I never had the chance to. If I could buy them and play them on my PC. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I wish, but because there's no uh, there's no widely available uh, Xbox emulator, I don't think, not one that works. Yeah, I don't know one. But yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I would I'm, say. So I don't think this, I'll buy it though, honestly. I pro- I mean, if it's 12 teraflops and like four or five hundred bucks, that's. I mean, I I would be paying the same to get a graphics card like that, you know. I, I would love yeah. for them to announce keyboard and mouse support for it because that's the way I prefer to play my first-person shooters. But I so just I couldn't justify sticking on PC. I don't think if I'm paying that much more for the same thing. Yeah. So just like, to... plus everything that's first-party on the Xbox One X for me is also being released on PC. So I think they're trying to drive over more console people rather than bring the PC play- players over to their console. Oh yeah, I agree. Oh, they're, they're trying absolutely, to win the console market. Yeah, they're they don't they don't care for, about PC players. They're gunning for Sony's audience for sure. Yeah, but PC players are going to see these specs like I do and be tempted by them if they're you know if this holds out if it's really that cheap if it's you know it's yeah. There's a small chance we'll all look like fools in six months when this thing's like eight nine hundred bucks. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, and and if that's true, like yeah, I'm not gonna buy it. Like that's not not really worth it anymore for me. Yeah. But just getting hyper-specific with the specs a little bit again, they're going to have an RDNA 2 GPU. And I don't even think RDNA 2 is available yet for, like, PC or, like, you know, consumers to buy. And that's probably a large part of why it's so... um, why they're able to make something so powerful, because, um, you know, they may have just found a cheaper way to make these, you know? And And Xbox has the money to throw around. They may have signed some sort of exclusivity deal with AMD. So AMD is making well, AMD is making the graphics processor for Sony as well. Is is that also going to be RDNA two though? Uh, that hasn't been confirmed. Because I have to wonder if if they've if Microsoft has bought exclusivity to some cheaper way to produce these in order to you know stop but, people from having this in their PC. You know, Sony did come out and say that they'll also have hardware-level ray tracing, so I ha- have to imagine it'll be something comparable. I don't think the number of teraflops really matters for hardware-level ray tracing because you have specific uh, cores for that. So, you know, we really don't know a ton about the ray tracing side of things still, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, and I think hardware-level ray tracing is going to become fairly normal here soon. And yeah, I don't really I think... care about it, honestly. It doesn't change gameplay. Like, it looks yeah. nice, it makes reflections pretty cool, but... Uh, no, I don't know. In, in terms of a graphics upgrade, it's huge, you know? Like, yeah, PS3 360, we had the advent of HD gaming, and that was monumental, of course. And then PS4, Xbox One, a lot of people would say 4K is, like, the next jump, but I would argue that the um, HDR, HDR, yeah. H- HDR really kind of upped the, what a visual could be on a console. Yeah, HDR is so much. Generation. I would rather play 1080p HDR... And high frame rate. Uh, 4K is meaningless to me. It just yeah, doesn't... I don't care. I, like, I absolutely agree. HDR trumps uh, resolution any day of the week for me. And I don't think HDR is a performance hit, really. It's not. So... But, you know, next generation, it seems like the big upgrade is going to come in the form of ray tracing. So, Which is, you know, like a year ago, when we discussed these consoles having ray tracing we were all sure it'd be like some kind of half-baked you know software-based solution but it really doesn't seem like that's the case no it seems like it's gonna be legit and i i still don't know about ray tracing i haven't seen anything that like blows me away with ray tracing like it looks really good yeah but like not spend 500 dollars good if that makes any sense yeah well, I'm sure that now that ray tracing is going to be more of like a staple rather than, you know, a premium feature, I think the techniques as to which, you know, they get 
really good ray tracing will just improve as we go into the generation and really make a bigger difference over the next few years. Another thing that I think is really strange, like Xbox has this massive focus on how powerful their hardware is, and I think that's cool. But when I think about the first party Xbox games I like, I don't think of them as being like these super high fidelity games. Like I don't I've never really thought of Halo as being like graphic like it looks good, but it's not like yeah. stupid good. It's I, not I, Uncharted, I, it's not The Last of Us. I think Xbox is equivalent to those, at least from a graphical perspective, would be Forza and Gears, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think of, like, the, the, the game that kept coming to mind is, is the only first-party Xbox game I play is Sea of Thieves. And that game will not benefit from any of this at all. Like, it, it's a cartoony, and in my opinion, it's a fairly ugly, uh, in an almost intentional way. Like, all the characters are super ugly and cartoonish. The HDR in that game is beautiful, though. Huh? The HDR solution in that game is beautiful. Oh, yeah, the HDR is beautiful, the water is beautiful, but I just don't, like, you know, what's what's, uh, Rare going to do with all this new hardware? (laughs) I have to wonder. And a lot of the studios they picked up recently, aren't they smaller studios? Well, Ninja Theory is quickly becoming, like, I don't know. I feel like they become more AAA by the day. Okay. And with Microsoft money behind them, they may as well yeah. be there. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see. I'm excited for it because uh, even you know, good or bad, I'll get some entertainment out of it. So yeah, at this point, honestly, I'm pretty hundred percent set on getting both consoles. Obviously, me being a big Sony fan, I was getting a PS5 for sure. But now I'm pretty sure I'm going to be getting a PS5 and an Xbox Series X. I, I mean, our position in the industry, like. It's weird that I don't have an Xbox One, you know? I have a PS4, I have a PC, I have a Switch. It's weird that I don't have an Xbox One. I pay for Game Pass. But well, like, you know, uh, you don't really need an Xbox One because of your PC. Well, Game Pass is a Game lot Game Pass better. is all you need. Game Pass is better on Xbox One. How's it It has better? games like... Uh, games that have weird... Uh, like, uh, a game I'm going to be talking about later, Outer Wilds. Uh, it had Epic Store exclusivity on PC, and so it's not on Game Pass. Oh, man. Same with Control. Control's not on Game Pass on PC. Uh, Monster Hunter World is not on PC Game Pass, but it is on console. Uh, a, a lot of games that I love, and I've ended up buying them, but like, and I'm going to buy Control sooner or later, but I would have had those if I had an Xbox One, and instead I'm having to buy them separate. So there is still reason to have an Xbox. Although, you know, it's worth noting none of those are first party. It's all other companies that have done weird exclusivity deals or something on PC. Like, I think uh, Monster Hunter World, I think, has maybe some, like, uh, microtransactions or something you can buy or something. And that would kind of keep it out of Game Pass, maybe. I don't I don't really know. I don't know the story. But Yeah, that's actually kind of a shock to me. I thought the games had parity across... The no, they Xbox not. One and PC versions. No, there's a lot of there's a ton of overlap, but it is not parity. The uh, the console version is definitively better, in my opinion. I just wanted to go through a quick bullet point of specs we didn't get to yet, and maybe get your your thoughts really quick. Uh, obviously, we're gonna have an SSD, just like PS5. Uh, yeah. That's like one of the only things we know about the PS5 that'll have an SSD, but. Xbox and we've talked Series about X will have the, one as well. We've talked uh, about the changes that can bring before. Yeah, another bullet point they touted is quick resume, which I'm assuming is possible because of their SSD, and it's exactly yeah, what it sounds like. You know, suspend a game and return to it immediately without waiting. I or do. Loading. I do wonder though, because like on a technical side, what quick resume would probably be is putting the entire RAM, like all all the data stored in RAM, into the SSD, right? Like. That, yeah, and it, how many gigabytes of RAM does it have? Sixteen, I believe. Yeah, that's a ton. That's a ton of data to put on your SSD to have multiple resumes. No, yeah. I got. I gotta wonder if they're just gonna wall off some space on that SSD so that you don't feel like you're losing it when you use their quick resume. I'm sure they will. That's kind of like, uh, you know, that's already happening with HHDs or HDDs rather uh, this generation. Because I'd be sad to see 16 gigabytes go every time I, you know, set up a <laughs> a resume point, you know? That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like 
hard drive spaces are a limiting factor now in gaming. They they for sure Definitely. are. My two yeah. terabytes are full right now. Games are huge. They're like a, yeah. I mean, AAA games tend to be like, especially if they're gonna all support 4K now. That's gonna be hundreds of gigs per game. Like th- those are gonna be 150 gig games for a AAA experience. And I think Microsoft and Sony are hoping that the SSD will help alleviate that a bit. But you know, if you have a bad network connection, it's still gonna take you a while to download these games. Yeah, for sure. Like I I would not want to be. I don't want to download a game so that I can play it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want to be swapping out games constantly, especially because an SSD, unless they've somehow solved this issue, you don't want to be reading and writing, or you can read as much as you want, but you don't want to be writing to an SSD all the time because it, uh, it'll wear right. out. They'll wear out faster than hard disk drives. So unless they've solved that issue somehow. We shall see. But moving on, uh, dynamic latency input. So have you guys heard about this? They yeah, say a it, bunch of fancy words, but essentially, to me, it means they're trying to just – this is their war on input lag, basically. They're trying to minimize it. Yeah, they're basically trying to predict stuff, right? Like, Yeah. yeah so I, uh, yeah, let, me just, let me just read it because I think that will provide a little more clarity. We're optimizing latency in the player-to-console pipeline starting with our Xbox wireless controller, which leverages our high bandwidth proprietary wireless communication protocol when connected to the console. With DLI, a new feature which synchronizes input immediately with what is displayed. Controls are even more precise and responsive. See, is this even something anybody was worried about? Like, I don't think so. Especially with, like, like for instance, the new OLEDs um, have already, like, hammered down input lag to the point where it's, like, sub-20 millisecond, which I think is really good. If you're yeah. not playing, you know, like, maybe, like, fighting game players want closer yeah, to zero, but... but- but like a Counter-Strike player and a fighting game player, they're going to care, but they're not playing on OLEDs. They're playing, you know, the guys who are serious are playing on a CRT. Like, Right, yeah. But I yeah, guess it's I don't cool, know. you know. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I don't know I'm if they glad. had to develop their own communication protocol for this, but... I mean, it's Microsoft. They, they're using this tech in other places, I'm yeah, sure. Of course, yeah. You know, you and I are going to be working on, working with it at work eventually, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, Connor, being a shader man... Variable rate shading. Does that mean anything to you? Um, no. Is, so, it, is it just tied to variable refresh rates? Like, Let me read it. Our patented form of VRS empowers developers to more efficiently utilize the full power of the Xbox Series X. Rather than spending GPU cycles uniformly to every single pixel on the screen, they can prioritize individual effects on specific game characters or important environmental objects. This technique results in more stable frame rates and higher resolution with no impact on the final image quality. So I think this this is saying like if you have a particularly important effect that you need to be high frame rate, you can have that shader running at 60 frames per second while maybe another one is only running at 30 or something. Right. Or they, like they so do, selectively increase the resolution of a particular asset. Yeah, or something. You, you've been able to do stuff like this with AI for ages, like in Dark Souls. Uh, when you get really far from an enemy, their AI is only running at like 15 frames per second, I think, or 15 ticks per second. Frame isn't really an accurate way of saying it. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's just uh more of that, I think. Yeah, and I think we've touched on, on everything else. So we talked about, you know, 120 frames per second, their smart delivery, four generations of gaming. I don't know, man. Like this, this to me is very exciting, uh, and I think it, it's a strong statement to get out ahead. And I think Sony has their work cut out for them if they want to, you know, meet their uh, response with, you know, I think Sony has it cut out for them if they want to surpass this. I think at least at yeah. the beginning of the ger- of the generation. I agree. I'm excited for it. I, I I'd like to see where it goes. You know, I uh, I wish they had a snuck keyboard and mouse support in there. Although I think most consoles support yeah. keyboard and mouse these days. I think that's like I think that goes without saying. But I, I wish I would have some sort of guarantee that it would work with the games I want to play. But yeah, and I think the next thing I'm waiting for is just the games, right? I want to see really good, high quality first party games that can match Sony's first party games. Yeah, and, uh, and that, it's going to be Forza, be and you're not going to care about it. <laughs> What's that? It's going to be Forza for the graphical fidelity, and you're not yeah, going to care. I, don't, I mean, I don't really care about Forza, but, yeah. you know, Microsoft has bought all these studios, and they've all got things cooking, so we'll see We'll see where that goes. 
Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on Xbox Series X? Not really. No, I think we covered it. All right, cool. Yeah, let's just move into the games we're playing, Connor, because I know you're itching to get to... I am dying to talk about the Outer Wilds. Go for it. Uh, so, it's actually a really hard game to talk about. Mike, or uh, Ahmed, you said you've played a bit of it, right? I played like an hour and a half or so. Uh, Mike, have you played it at all? Uh, the Outer Worlds? No. Not the Outer Worlds, the Outer, Outer Wilds. I haven't played that either. <laughs> there are two games of Outer, and they start with W, and I get them confused yeah. all the time. I cannot stress enough, and I don't want to talk, you know, talk trash about the Outer Worlds, but that's a game I would not care about at all. I don't like Fallout. I don't really care for an RPG at all. But the Outer Wilds is a game, and I'm going to try to spoil as little as possible because that's all there is to this game. This game is a, a mystery game. Uh, it's an ex- its exploration game. Yeah, right? it's it's an I've seen it compared to Mist, which is a really old game. I don't know if any of our listeners would have played that but uh it's it's an adventure it's a first person exploration adventure mystery game you uh you play as uh, a species called a hearthian they're these like four-eyed blue amphibious looking like spacefaring people and they approach space travel the same way we approach like a camping trip or a hike like these these guys are out and they're just kind of hanging out in the wilderness of space and uh, you explore this kind of toy box-sized solar system. So, like, all these planets are so small that you can reasonably explore the entire thing. And that's not, like, a tall order. That's just what you would do. Yeah. And uh, you find out early on that there was this species that was there before you called the Nomai. And they're not around anymore. But they've left ruins all over the solar system that other Harthians have found but you're the first Harthian to ever have a translator. And uh, that's the, your mission. You go out and learn about the Nomai. You figure out what happened and uh, ha- what happened to them. You know, find out more about the impact it's had on the solar system since then. And there's just these beautiful planets and these amazing... I, I really like them. Uh, the flight controls, a lot of people don't love them. Uh find them a little hard to use, but they, they're they somewhat realistic. I mean, obviously these planets are super tiny, but I think it feels really good. There's actually a whole like mechanical side of the game to repairing your spaceship that I uh, didn't really know about until after I had 100% of the game because I never crashed because uh, I have too many hours in Kerbal Space Program. I'm trying to say as much as I can without spoiling it. I, I even looked up and watched some other people how they approached talking about this game because you don't progress in this game at all. At no point do you get a new power or a new... You don't get a key to unlock a door. Nothing like that ever happens. Right. You, it's all about exploration and just uncovering the mystery of your little solar system, right? Yeah. And and that's simultaneously, in my opinion, its greatest strength and its greatest weakness. Because if this game was replayable at all, I would delete my save file and start over right now. But it's not. Because the entire game is learning about this solar system, and I know everything about it now. Like, I get the same feeling flying through this tiny solar system that I get, like, walking around the neighborhood I grew up in, almost. Like, I know every square inch of every planet. And I, I just love the scale, too, because, like, these planets are separated by kilometers. Like, that's how close everything is together. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they don't waste any of your time. It's you, you You have time to fly over there and check things out. If you if you even ha- only had time to play for like 20 minutes, you could get a lot done in this game. Yeah. And uh, it's just amazing. The stuff that you see, the, the surprises, the twists, like the way they make you care about characters that you'll never meet. They like every every bit of text that you read from the Nomai has a name attached to it. And like you're following the same characters throughout the game. And I, I think that's very neat. And it's yep. it's just something I've never experienced. I've never played a mystery game and gotten into it and had so much fun and fallen in love with the world so much. Yeah. I can't, uh, you know, I I can't get the theme song out of my head because it's like it's also just an aesthetic that I really like. Like your spaceship has wooden parts on it, like it, and and there's a you know one of the astronauts is all the astronauts are out there playing instruments and one of them's out there strumming a banjo like in space and like. The way you replenish your oxygen in this game is just going near trees. Like, that's all it takes. 
Like there's a guy just camped out on the moon with a couple of trees planted around him so that he can breathe. And he's sitting there whistling in a rocking chair. And that's just an aesthetic that I'm in love with. And I, uh, I cannot stop thinking about this game. And there's there's so many more reasons why I can't stop thinking about it that I can't talk about without ruining the game. And and it's story like and, the, story and yeah. lore related, right? And it, and it's Breath of the Wild level like spoilers. I'm trying to avoid like when that game came out, nobody wanted to hear anything about it because just the name of a location was a spoiler. And that's how I feel about the Outer Wilds. Every little thing is so important to me that I wouldn't want to take it from anyone. The the opportunity to experience it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you're I, you're you're a little late to this one. Like everyone played this last year and yeah, gave it this is retroactively my game of the year, yeah. 2019, easily. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it won Polygon's game of the year, and I've I've been wanting to play it. I knew about it in 2019, and I it actually won it actually won several game of the year awards. It won a lot of awards before. I actually watched a no clip documentary about it today because I can't stop thinking about it, and uh, it won a lot of awards before it even got made. Like, uh, it started as a student's thesis project at USC what? and won a bunch of awards, and that was how it uh, got picked up and funded. And interestingly enough, you ever seen the show Heroes? Like, the old... Uh, yeah. It, uh, the guy who played Hero in Heroes, uh, Masiokai, he's, a, he's an Asian dude. He's the founder of the company that made uh, Outer Wilds. Dude was a computer science major in uh, college and got into film and TV through doing special effects. He worked on special effects in the uh, Star Wars prequels and uh, got into game development. He's not like the creative director or anything, but he is the founder of the company. And I just think that's hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, it it was a student project and it like it was a bunch of his projects he did throughout school kind of compiled together. And it won a bunch of awards and got a bunch of attention. And a lot of people were wanting to fund it. And uh, here we are. Uh, with one of the greatest games I've ever played. Like it would, yeah. it would have seriously been on my top games of the decade list. I think my top five, if I had played it in time. I think it's a shame that it came out in the same year as Outer Worlds, because yes, I think I think that game stole a lot of this game's thunder just because of the name similarity. And that's which is kind of stupid me. to you know, it's kind of stupid to think that that would happen, but it absolutely happened. It frustrates me a lot, too, because I had trouble talking about this game because of that. And I I don't want to say that The Outer Worlds is a lesser game, but as an artistic work, I think The Outer Wilds brings so much more to the table and got so much less attention. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. I just ba- played just based Worlds. off the, like, the hour and a half I played, I would agree with that. And I've beaten The Outer Worlds, and I could easily say Outer Wilds is better just based off what I played. Yeah, I'm not comfortable saying that because I haven't played The Outer Worlds, and I also don't enjoy that type of game. So I'm I'm not comfortable making any statements, but I, it, it upsets me that The Outer Worlds takes so much attention from The Outer Wilds. Because I have not been able to talk to someone about this game. <laughs> like, it's killing me, but no one I know has played it to completion. And there are so many things in this story that I want to talk about. And so I'm begging all of my <laughs> friends to play this. Like, it's just so much like it's my favorite it's my calling it science fiction is a stretch it's probably closer to science fantasy between the cartoon sized worlds and they take some liberties with quantum mechanics that are a bit of a leap but i it, see what uh, you did there yeah um yeah but it, it's my favorite science fantasy anything ever easily like by a country mile like in a world just, where uh, mass effect exists I've never played Mass Effect. Never really oh, caught my attention. Oh, okay. But the, uh, yeah, that's that's I, high I would praise. Say that I Still. I like the outer the outer wilds has definitely made me feel more than I can imagine a a traditional narrative making me feel. Yeah. Once again, I say this almost every week, but I really do want to play this. It's just there's so many games. Well, you, you're finally getting to Final Fantasy uh, 15, so. Yeah. I guess that's a good way to segue to. My game slash games. So I don't want to go too far into Final Fantasy 15 because Connor gave an uh, excellent spiel on it last week. But as I promised, I started Final Fantasy 15. I'm a little over two hours in, I think. And uh, I really like it so far. I really enjoy the the group dynamic, the, the road trip dynamic of the game. Like, uh, Connor, you mentioned that last week. The overall vibe of the game is something I really like. I'm a little more iffy on the gameplay, 
right now. I guess may, I'm only two hours in, so maybe it just hasn't clicked with me and all the systems haven't been revealed to me yet. But just controlling Noctis, the protagonist, it, even something as simple as walking or running feels a little off. And I can't really explain why or how, but it just doesn't feel natural yet. Yet That might change. Yeah, but, walking, running, and jumping never really clicked with me. The combat did eventually, but he is he is awkward. Like there are a lot of times when a prompt would come up on the screen for me to hit A, like to do something, and I would, and Noctis would jump, and I'd like, all right, dude, like do the thing that you said you were <laughs> yeah. gonna do. Like you know, yeah. when I play a game, I'm I'm signing a contract saying that you you're gonna do the thing that you say you're going to do and you're not doing it. <laughs> right. But yeah, I don't want to go on too long about it because I'm two hours in still very early in the grand scheme of things, but enjoying it a lot overall. Uh, the other game I want to talk about is the division two. So recently the division two went on sale on all platforms, all consoles and PC for $3. So at that price, I said, you know, why the heck not? And I jumped in and so did a bunch of my friends. And that's the key part. I think having this game um, to play with a bunch of people, you know, is a lot of fun. It's a destiny. Uh, it's a destiny like in many ways, except it's like third person semi realistic combat as opposed to destiny's first person, you know, fantasy shooter combat. And um I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I haven't really been paying attention to the story at all because I don't really care about that. But I love just jumping into, you know, missions and free roaming with my friends. Uh, it takes place in a sort of post-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. Uh, I don't want to say apocalyptic because society hasn't been destroyed, but it's like Washington, D.C. in a bad state. Um, and there's all sorts of depth uh, and activities to participate in in the game. I'm still wrapping my head around all the systems, um, but I was quite surprised by how much there is. There's, like, different skills and perks, and um, you can actually mod your skills and mod your weapons, and there's several different types of armor, and there, there, there's all sorts of things, and that's in addition to, like, cosmetics, obviously. But um, it's essentially another Destiny-like game, and uh, just... Based off the couple of hours I put into it with my friends, I'm really liking it so far. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I am not real interested. I think what really turns me off of the division is the world that they have set up. Because like, I don't know the division two very well, but I've seen some some strong critiques of division one, like, and their framing of the justice that you're <laughs> committing in those games, kinda. Yeah, that makes it makes me squirm a little bit, and it, it's just not. I don't know. It doesn't draw me in really. Honestly, hundred percent. I have <laughs> transparency. I have no idea what's happening in the story or the lore. Really, I'm just in it to have some fun with my friends, and it's serving that purpose pretty well. Okay. Yeah, I uh, like you said. I'm not a big Destiny like guy, so. But I know Michael is. He he's played a lot of um, a lot of Warframe. Warframe, yeah. A ridiculous I, amount of Warframe. That, it's not ridiculous. I've spent more in League than Warframe than League and Dota than I have in Warframe. I only have 565 hours according to Steam, but I think my in-game time is like 300 something. That is more than my most played game. But I have like a thousand hours in Dota. <laughs> yeah, Dota. And you League. never mentioned it on the yeah. show. Yeah, because I haven't played it in like a decade. <laughs> it feels like. Hmm. I've been playing League more often than I've been playing Dota. That's a whole can of worms, League and Dota. I got yeah, a game is. I'm going to talk about. I was going to talk about another one, but I know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> is it League? So, maybe. <laughs> so what's your game, Mike? I, I was going to talk about um, uh, Spyro, but I'll save that for next next week when I actually play the other two games in the, the new the remastered trilogy. Instead, I'm going to talk about League of Legends, because... God, I've put a lot of time into that game. A game that needs no introduction. It really doesn't. I don't need to describe it to anybody because if you don't know what it is, then you've probably like, dude, I've lost friends over League of Legends. <laughs> you've only touched a console, or you live under a rock. One of the two. It's a game that I hate so much, and yet at the same time, I can't stop. 
<laughs> it's I, pretty much dominated my stream for the last year and a half. I have a really upsetting story about League of Legends. I've actually, I, I have literally lost friends to this game. One of my best friends in high school got really into League of Legends, and like every time I wanted to hang out with him, all he wanted to do was play League of Legends, and I cannot stand that game. Like it, it just, it's just boring to me. Like the none of it clicks to me. I don't, I don't want to have to learn all this stuff. Like I, I'm not gonna trash talk the game because it's not a bad game. Obviously, so many people love it, but I don't. And yeah. my friend, literally, that's all he wanted to do. He was so addicted to this game. And it, it finally got, we just don't talk anymore. Like, <laughs> I, I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I mean, people who are really into League, that's like their thing, you know? Like my cousin, yeah. he loves League of Legends. Like he wants, he, he's playing on a hyper competitive level. He's like super highly ranked and stuff. But like the trade-off is that that's like... M- mostly what he plays you know like 90 yeah. percent of his game time is devoted to league of legends it's it's a game that requires a lot of effort and especially the roles that i play they keep kind of introducing characters that just demolish it and it's <laughs> not fun for me because i just go in and then i see an entire team of characters that move real fast and i'm a slow boy that hits real hard and i can't do anything about it so i just die a lot, I'm tr- and they I'm get yelled at times. for dying a lot. Yeah. yeah, I hate that. That's one of the biggest reasons I'm I've I can't stand it so much is because I'm not good at it. And like, there's a pretty I, big I, learning curve. Like, if yes. you want to get good at league, you need to put in the time. And you're gonna have to have some thick skin because people are mean. Like, oh yeah, yeah, very mean. It's the most toxic game I've ever played. And I can't even stand like like it's not even people being mean to me. That doesn't bother me that much. But, like, when my teammates are being mean to each other, that I, I couldn't play Overwatch for that reason. I don't play Rocket League anymore. I just don't like being around it. Like, it it feels yeah. gross to me. And so, and, and it's not really a game you can play without some communication, so. I'm, I'm guilty of flaming people, but I don't flame them directly. I just yell at them on stream and call them idiots. <laughs> I just, like, it's yeah, more of a catharsis. That's okay. Like, yeah, like, me and my friends on Discord, when we were playing Rocket League, we would, like talk trash about the other team and say mean stuff but that's you know that's that's all yeah you're not hurting someone's feelings doing that like you're just goofing around with your buds or your stream i've I've called my i've called my support player my support a some really undesirable names a lot usually when they're dying over and over and really not helping me at all yeah league kind of just fosters that hostility and anger but you know like it's just it's just baffling to me. It's so massive. Like anytime you check Twitch, it could be at any hour of the day. It'll have at least a hundred K viewers. Oh yeah. You know, like it's just, it's so it's like in another league compared to almost Ah. every other game Ah. in terms Ah. of popularity. Ah. That was funny. You know, I actually didn't mean to do that, but (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. I didn't mean to do the quantum leap one earlier either. You did, huh? (laughs) but no, I simultaneously League, did and didn't. Uh. League has been like my guilty pleasure slash greatest sin I've ever done because I was a Dota player originally, and I can kind of segue this to Dota because they're basically the same game, just different it's mechanics. A Dota paint, how they yeah. Work. yeah. Well, Dota's a little bit more item complex. Like in League, you just buy items for stats. That's it. There's yeah. not a lot of active abilities. In Dota, you buy that item for that active ability. Really? The stats are like a secondary thought. Like, oh, this thing gives me evasion, but its active item increases my attack, but its active increases my attack speed and makes me pass through units, so it's a lot more useful. Or, hey, this dagger only gives me like six damage, but it allows me to to teleport. Like I can also say aesthetically I've always liked Dota more than League. Oh, it's it's I like it, but it also I t- got turned off of it when games like a couple of years ago when games started lasting like an hour and I just didn't have time for it. I didn't have time. I mean, isn't a game a league like 40 minutes? Yeah. The good ones usually last 40 minutes, but there's a surrender mechanic and I mm. don't know why Dota doesn't have one. Like I, I th- just was tired of getting stomped for 40 minutes. I think on average league games are like 20 to 45 minutes. Yeah. 20 to 45. Yeah, Cause, Cause I, I know from the little I've played, you can often tell who's going to win a game long before it actually ends i've came back like if i know i could win then i'll keep going but like dota had that issue 
Comebacks are the most exciting and exhilarating part of League. I, I had a roommate who was really into um, Dota, and I like I didn't watch watch, but I you know I would be eating a bowl of cereal while he was watching a Dota tournament on our TV, and it, you know it's interesting to watch. I like the esports aspect. Oh no, Dota esports are so much better than League esports. I, I like, think the and I think those games as an esport are far more interesting than like Overwatch. Yeah, Overwatch. I hate Overwatch as an esport. It's yeah, super I, hard to watch. Even though I know what's going on, it's still hard to watch. Any first person shooter that's not Counter Strike is extremely yeah. hard to watch. My my esport tiers. This is this is a tangent a little bit. But my esport tier is Rocket League, then Dota, then Counter Strike. Everything else is way below that, unless you count speedrunning, in which case it gets complicated. Yeah, yeah speedrunning is not, not an e-sport, per se. It's, it's a sport, but yeah. It's a sport, it's not, but it's not like yeah. in that same echelon. It's a completely different community. Right. As a speedrunner, I feel kind of warranted to say that. Like, but it's you are an athlete. Yeah. You're an e-fleet. <laughs> e-fleet. It's a lot less competitive, at least speedrunning is, because when someone comes up with a new trick... They'll tell the community about it because it's right. It's not super competitive like League or Dota is. Whereas in Dota, you don't want anybody to know your secret weapon. Like, I mean, they'll figure it out real quickly because they can see yeah. your build and everything through outside sources. But usually, like, it's real hard to be super secretive in Dota and esports in general. Like on Twitch, you could just pull the replay up on the game, and even in Dota, you could just pull the replay and watch it through the client. Mm-hmm. And see exactly what they're building. That's a tangent now. Yeah. Back to back to league. I just hate it. Like it makes me so <laughs> angry, but I still keep playing it. No, you're not alone in that. I feel like a lot of league players have that same mindset. Especially yeah. this season. This season's hurt me. Like hurt me deeply because the. the uh. I will say though, I really enjoy watching like worlds. Like last. Uh, Last Worlds, I think I watched every single game, which is pretty crazy for me, who's just a very casual fan of League. But I really like the, you know, the fanfare of it. Like, League of Legends is an immense, immense esport. Like, they go all out with the the world championship. Um, Massive stadiums, screens everywhere, casters dressed up professionally, you know. It's 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 got all the the works, all the productions there. Yeah, it's, Dota it's does the same thing too. I like, and the good thing about Dota over League, and I'm comparing them, uh, is that Dota's esports scene in North America is a lot more developed than League's is. Like League's North American scene is a joke. Like everyone just laughs at NA teams because they're not going to get anywhere. They're yeah, just going to no lose good. to Korea or China or Europe. Dota, I think the last three victories were one of them was it was Amer- was North American. I think the last two, which is the first two in a row out of 10 years, there's only been one team that's won the title twice in a row or has won the tri- title twice period. And they yeah. were both, and they were in a European team. Like it feels a lot more like varied, like for a long time, every international, every other international would be a Chinese team or an Asian team. And then the next one would be a European team. Like anybody could win other than Korea for some reason. Maybe because they were too busy playing it's League. Like, it's like the inverse <laughs> of League. Yeah. It, in League, everyone can too busy playing uh League. I was gonna say in League, only Korea can win. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else just loses. No, there's a lot more variety in teams in Dota. Like there's Malaysian teams, there's Filipino teams, teams from Brazil can have made it to the international. Like it's interesting. It's a lot I'm, more varied. Yeah. I know next to nothing about Dota, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd be interested to just watch a game just to see how it compares to League. It's it, it, it's about easy look to very similar to the yeah. to the uneducated observer. They will be very similar. Yeah, it's only when you get into nuance of mechanics that it gets a little more complex. Right. But, but yeah, they're both really good games, and if you haven't played a MOBA, just just play a MOBA. Like even try it. Or don't. Stay away. Stay away or, at all costs. And if you do try it, do what everyone else does and uh, slash mute all. <laughs> It'll yeah. make your game experience so much better. Sure, yeah. it's toxic, but it's it's so much better. I don't yeah. mute all because I enjoy seeing people try to trash talk people. And if you play Dota, don't mute it because Dota trash talk is on a whole other level of just 
insanity. And it's at the same time, it's it's wholesome, but at the other time, it's also hilarious. The depths of which they'll do. Like I saw this po- this like person trash talking. It's like I hope your mother gets cancer, and then it's revealed that she didn't have cancer. So you worried all that time about nothing. Like it's That's honestly, so weird. yeah, it's on a whole nother level of just trash talk, and it's fun to watch because they can't just be rude. They have to be rude and different. That's so weird. That's like so roundabout and galaxy brain. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's honestly I love looking through threads of just people in Dota trash talk or trying to like flame somebody. Because they'll be like so eloquent about just being an awful person. Yikes. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you want to preserve your sanity, you should stay away. But if you want to dip your toe into madness, go for it. But I think with that, I think we're going to wrap up this week. Uh, thanks again, Connor and Michael, for joining me. Um, guys, follow us on Twitter at AdPodcastGameTalk. You can click the link in the description to join our Discord. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. See you next week, everybody.